Hello, and welcome back to the Golden Hurricast, a weekly podcast covering Golden Hurricane athletics at the University of Tulsa. I'm Ryan Token. I'm Matt Rexine. And I'm Pat Fox. And just a couple days ago now, we had Dakota Gregory on the show. If you missed that one, uh, go listen to that. It should have come out on Monday, unless uh, it did come out on Tuesday, because we were slow getting it out. Not sure at this point. We're recording this on the same day. Uh, But that was a really fun interview, so if you get a chance, go listen to that one. Uh, For this episode, we're going to focus more on Michigan State specifically. Uh, We'll also do a little bit of a kind of season prediction thing, but most of this will focus on uh, the Michigan State preview and getting ready to play them on Friday. So let's jump in. Get hyped for some football. Stay golden. Hurricane. All right, so we've got Michigan State coming up on Friday, uh, game time 6.30, is that right? Around then? Around 6.30? We'll see, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, tune in. We should probably figure that one out. I don't want to. It is 6.30. Wanna. It is 6.30, yeah. Okay. Prime time. Prime time, Central. Cooper Edmiston, ready to shine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot we called him that last year. Mr. Um, prime time. Mr. Prime time, yeah. Um, but, yeah, super pumped for that game. Uh, got some good insight from what we should be expecting from the team from Dakota and then uh, I know we've all kind of been looking into Michigan State over the last week or two I just kind of know what they're thinking Um, so I'll leave it to you guys to kick it off what do you think are their strengths their weaknesses and how do you think we fare against them at at an overall level I would say I mean far and away their biggest strength is their defense specifically their run defense yeah which is like and it's the best in the country yeah that's that's called content folks that's <laughs> true yeah i, I mean, mean i was if you look on um what just pffs uh there i just looked through their big 10 ranking of like who are the top players in the big 10 for each position and every position on the defensive line had one like one of the top three players in the big 10 was a michigan state player and they have like if not the best like who's their uh their big guy is is he the best in the country Kenny Willick is. Yeah, would you say he's the best? He might be the best lineman in the country, yeah. He's been on like every All-American watch list. Him and Joe Bashi. I hope, I hope I'm pronouncing these names right, but um, which is their linebacker. And, yeah, Willick is. He's kind of like a – he's a big defensive lineman, can play all over the line, really good against the run, good pass rusher too. Is he a better NFL prospect than Oliver was last year for Houston? Um, I don't think he's quite that because I mean Oliver was like a top fifteen, but okay. people said a lot of the draft guys said he could have gone out last year and would have been like I think a top three round top three rounds pick. Yeah, and he has the potential to be a first rounder this year. Okay, so I mean I guess I feel a little less scared because I don't even remember Ed Oliver playing against us. Well, last year. <laughs> the difference is there everybody on Houston's defense besides Ed Oliver was horrible. Yeah, and while Michigan State has like. Every position, like you said, is incredibly talented. So I think so you they, be a little so they scared. Have, they have the depth and the skill. Yeah, is what and you're but they're me. playing against an offensive line that has almost no returning starters. There are two. Who? Chris Ivy and, and Tiller Boatrot. Did he start last year? Yeah, he got injured. Somebody played a lot. Okay. Well, still, I, I'm big uh, on Tiller Boatrot. That, that shows what I, I did not know. I thought 
I did not think Buck Trout was a starter, but I guess did Paul was he not? Was he a red shirt? No, I think Paul I think Paul might have played some, but he wasn't like a starter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean we have what, a freshman is gonna be on the line. Uh beat out a senior. Let me pull was up the Godin. Depth. Yeah, Xavier. Yeah. Xavier, yeah. Godwin. So he's a red shirt freshman. Yeah. Um he's a he's a, he's a pretty high recruit when we got him for us. He's a three star, I think, so I mean, he's got the potential, but again, he's a redshirt freshman going against maybe the best defensive line in the country. Yeah, yeah, it's scary because when you know when we were talking to Dakota, uh, he mentioned that Seth Boomer is the guy who likes to sit back in the pocket and is calm back there, which is a, co- a good confidence thing, but a bad thing for sacks, right? And so if the defense, if Michigan State's defense is gonna, if he's the starting quarterback, um, which you know is up for debate at this point, uh, they're gonna be getting to him, and if he's just gonna sit back there and have confidence in himself to get out of there. That's going to be scary. It's a scary proposition when you're dealing with an, a defensive line like that. Uh, so I don't know if that, that probably doesn't impact too much who gets the start since it should be the starter for the season, I hope. Um, but that's a concern if, if Boomer does get the start there. Uh, but something else I did notice. So you mentioned Michigan state was the number one rush defense last year. Uh, they were 10th in total defense. Um, so out, out of the country, they were number 10, which is also, you know, outstanding. Uh, but their pass defense was 71st. So, or no, uh, it was, uh, I've got it right here. Yeah, so the pass defense was 60th, um, which, you know, is, uh, it's not great. It's not awful, um, but not great. Uh, so what you're telling me, though, is that their defense matches up with what our offense is best at. So Pretty much, yes. Is that, is that what is that, 60th in terms of, like, yards per game? I don't know. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, all these, like, def- all these stats just vary, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. And it's weird just looking at kind of how we compare with Michigan State in, in, in different areas and things like that. Um, they like we both have strong defenses. We both have maybe weak offenses. Michigan State's offense looked pretty bad. Our offense, as bad as we were last year, TU's offense finished uh, with a better total offense rating than Michigan State, if you can believe that. Yeah. Uh, PFF I, I were ranked say, higher. I would say that's not super hard to believe because they had last year, they just injuries just destroyed them Mm -hmm. like a bunch of their wide receivers last year were injured and their wide receivers are probably their best side of the ball like the best offensive unit they have agreed but even their quarterback uh brian lewerke work like he was he's coming off a shoulder injury and so i just you got to think like bringing in a backup quarterback last year um and then I, was, I think he played like with that injury, but he just couldn't throw as well. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's probably a big part of why their offense wasn't as good. And so I would I would imagine they'll be better this year, but I would say we'll probably we could have comparable offenses. We might not see our offense like prove that we're better than their offense because their defense right. is above ours. Um, but it's it's interesting because they have they're like one of the top run de- they are the top run defense and we're really good at pass defense, and so, I mean hopefully they don't run this year. I mean the good thing is their running their running game last year was awful. They, yeah, which is yeah. it's funny because everybody calls them like power a power run team. I know, yeah. But they only ran like forty seven percent of the time. Yeah, I mean they they didn't run a ton. I mean they're. Their offensive line was pretty bad. Their running backs, nobody really stood out. Like their starter last year um, got hurt. And then Connor Hayward, who's going to be apparently their starter this year, came in and was pretty average, pretty mediocre guy. Um, they had the 115th ranked rushing attack last year. Just really not good, which is good for our defense if we replicate last year at all um, because we had an awful rush defense. So we pair up pretty well there, you know, so we'll see what happens. Um, but I'm excited for the game. I mean, 
last year, like I remember watching the bowl game. They played in the Red Box Bowl against Oregon last year. Do you remember like do you remember this game? It was uh the final the final score, Michigan State lost to Oregon seven to six. That was the final score of the game. Yeah. No, I saw that. It was, was the Red Box Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was not they it was a barn burner. Michigan State lost them. It was it was yeah, it was the, like it was the weirdest bowl game I've ever seen. Um so you know, it was injury. They their quarterback was out that game, as far as I know. Uh but still, like even when he was in um, he had two or three games where they didn't break 14 points when he was the starter. I don't know if he was still dealing with that sh- shoulder injury at that point or not, but uh, I'm not too scared of their offense, especially with how they seem to play, which is passing more than I expected against our passing defense. I think that'll work out pretty well. So we'll see. This will be a great show. I know, I know we're kind of just jumping all around, but the, I would say their biggest weakness overall for like their entire team is their O-line. Mm-hmm. Um, just because their O-line last year wasn't that great. Uh, coming in, they're losing guys, so they're losing whatever experience they ended up having. Um, and so they're pretty decent in pass protection, but they're one of the worst run-blocking defenses, uh, which really helps. I mean, you could say, well, maybe they'll be good against us because we haven't had such a good run defense mm-hmm. last year. But, I mean, Dakota was saying that he thinks that our linebackers and our uh, interior linemen are looking strong this year. So you'd think that our... You know, our run, our run prevention has to go but up. Yeah, because we and like pass. Even if you do tack on the pass rushing, we had what fourteen sacks last year. I'd yeah, imagine we that's good. that's got to go Five up too. Five of those were against SMU, right? And so, I would imagine this is this seems like a good opportunity. Like this is a good game to really find our footing if we're playing one of the weaker offensive lines we're going to play this year. Yeah, I want to see. I think my we're going to go with a three man line. I think my favorite three-man line is definitely going to be Gibson, Player, and Wick. And right now, mm-hmm. two of the three of those are starters. And I'm sure Wick's going to get plenty of playing time because they rotate those guys out. Who's the starter? Is it Lamp? No, it's uh, Wick. Robinson. Not Wick. You just said Wick. I'm stupid. Yeah, I know. So they, they have like basically two D-tackles and one DN playing on the line. Uh, but in pass rushing situations, we showed against SMU, with Wick and Gibson out there, that's two legit pass rushing options. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, that's like the one... Like, our pass defense is great, but you can't cover people for, like, eight seconds at a time, you know? Yeah. At one point, you're going to get beat. So, really, those guys... And Dakota said, like, our linebackers are, like, the best on the team by far. And I think, what did I say? Uh, Underdog Dynasty said we have elite linebackers, like, the second best in the conference. But, I mean, if you have such great linebackers, we can't be letting up, like, 400 yards rushing a game. Yeah, no, I liked the idea of adding more, like, flashier plays mm-hmm. to it because i think that's our offense was i don't know if stagnant is I the right so. stale is probably a better word it's where it's like do anything when you can't like throw the ball but yeah yeah and so giving you know forcing offenses to adjust to some of the new looks or you know actually put blitzes on is going to be like yeah really if, you, nice if to, you know what's coming every time it's easy to beat but if yeah if you're bringing pressure from different places if sometimes we do have a four-man line instead of a three-man line yeah it's like okay what are they doing here yeah yeah, and you're right. I mean, the O-line, it was just bad for them last year. Like, I was looking at some of their rankings in, in different categories, and for things like opportunity rate and power success rate and stuff rate, which are opportunity rate is, you know, percentage of your runs that go four or more yards. Uh, the power success rate is kind of – it gauges effectiveness of an offensive line in the short yard situations, and stuff rate is the percentage of carries by running backs that are stopped at or before the line of scrimmage. Um, for those three, they were 13th in the Big Ten and 116th, in the country 
that was opportunity rate for power success rate. They were 13th in the Big Ten, 82nd nationally. And then stuff rate, uh, the one where they're stopped at or before the line of scrimmage, 12th in the Big Ten, 96th nationally. So just like overall, just a not good offensive line. And I don't know, you know, the return situation there, if you guys know who all is coming back and things like that. I think they've got three guys coming back, and it sounds like they've got one or two guys um, that are going to be new on the line. Um, And I think the big thing, just looking at those stats, is what that just means is they're putting a lot of, like, um, a lot on the running back to outperform what the offensive line is giving him and forcing him to make plays that they can't provide for him. And Michigan State just really doesn't have the dynamic kind of like running back, or at least they didn't last year, that's really stepped up and proven that he can like run even if the offensive line's not creating lanes for him. I think the question is, do we have the athletes who can make those plays in space against running back? So that's where the linebackers would come in. Like if you get the running back in space against Zayvon Collins, you expect him to make that tackle. Or even like Travis Gibson, you expect like, I mean, the guy, what was he, second in the nation to force fumbles last year? Travis? Yeah. I don't know. Was, is that right? Five. Yeah, he had a bunch. Dang, that's awesome. Maybe tied for first. Um, and, I mean, Bill Hasty in the Tulsa World said, like, guaranteed he's going to get 10-plus sacks this year. Yeah. Which would be. Yeah, what's the T record? He said he was going to break it. Last year, I think this is 12. Right, but. Season I'll, I'll, so, so, our team broke it last year. I'll let him say. Our team broke our the team, single season. If, if our team was one player, yeah. they would have broken it. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say he, meant, he meant this year. It was, uh, this is the year he's going to break Everything it. Everything I've heard out of, like, from all the articles I've read, it's like he's been killing in camp. Like part of the reason the part of the reason the offense is like looks so bad or at times is because like nobody can stop him. Like even on this three man line, he just like looks ridiculous. Like the whole he reached out to Von Miller, you know, to go yeah. to his camp and all that. And he's like, he was dominant last year. It's just like, can he break the double? Yeah, how does how does one get just reach out to Von? Is that just something <laughs> Twitter, you got to be invited to, or is that like? I'm gonna guess he's like DM'd him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the dude is an animal. I'm like of all the people on defense that. I could not believe when Dakota said, like, he made the biggest jump because he was good. Like, you know, he was hoping for more sacks last year, but um, he was a great player, like our best defensive lineman. And for him to be one of the two who made the biggest jump from last season, that is super cool. I think the key, the key like I said, like to our line is putting the talent around him on yeah, the line right, spots. Right. So he can't get double, yeah. triple teams. True fre- playing as a tr- I think Jackson player might have been the only true freshman who got regular playing time last year for TU. I really like what he brings. He's kind of undersized for a D lineman in terms player, of player. You said player, yeah. yeah. He's like five eleven. Yeah, but he got he gets good push, man. He's strong. Yeah, and, he he showed it last year too. It was cool. And Wick is like the one of the other guys who can get like has the speed off the edge to go mm-hmm. along with Gibson. Agreed. Um. So yeah, I mean the rest of their the rest of Michigan State. I mean their offense is just nothing special. Like their wide receivers, like you said, Matt are pretty good like that's that's a spot where we could get hurt but we have a great pass defense so that matches up well there quarterback play from them is all about this brian lewerke and he was like we said hurt last year so we don't super know what to expect from him um but i don't the shoulders are always weird like to come back if it's if they don't feel if you don't feel comfortable throwing it like full strength that's going to be yeah and they're uh the backup guy is rocky lombardi which is Ooh, one a very cool name, great name. i know <laughs> so Theo um, day peyton thorn they've got some pretty good names they, they're up on the all-name team as a as a team um yeah we we lost it after all our quarterback yeah. exodus from last year yeah can confirm though great names do not mean great play as i once held that opinion uh not for real but i always wanted it to be true uh so you Hopefully know the most boring name zach smith <laughs> be just a superstar yeah, exactly Yep, so we'll see. Um, but that pretty much covers their offense. Do you have anything else you wanted to 
go over with the Michigan State offense and what we can expect from them? No, I mean, the the one thing that concerns always when you play these kind of schools is just can they outsize us? Like, even though their offense line is something special, we have been, like, we're bigger than we used to be, I'd say, for sure. Yeah. But sometimes it's just, yeah. like, you There's can't a, handle it. It's, like, yeah. the, the, how big they are. Yeah. And that can just be a difference between, like, what, power five and power six, whatever you want to say. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so if we can, like, hold our own against that, that's a good sign. Yeah, it's true. It'll be interesting. Um, I think we do match up well, but like all these rankings, a lot of, I mean, they, they're in the country too, so that doesn't really make sense. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, I do think we match up pretty well with them, but I don't want to get too carried away. I always get so excited before the first game of the season. I think we're going to be super good and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, we won our first game last year. Yeah. Barely. Who was the uh, opener Arkansas. last year? Central Arkansas. Ah, yes. Uh, our FCS first game team. against a power five opponent was pretty good too. Texas. Texas. Yeah. Oh, not yeah, that first, was a hell of a first game. Play. First play was not K- good. The kickers <laughs> yeah, were yeah, horrible. Luke Skipper could hold on the ball better, yeah. I could see, so just looking at what each team is bringing to the table, I could see this being a very like low-scoring affair. Yeah. Like I, Both teams just like smashing against like a solid wall right. until somebody gets a lucky break here or there. Yeah, unless they're, if their running attack comes out of nowhere and they're super good, then it could be bad. But I think if it's yeah, if it's like so. it sounds and their running game is pretty bad and their passing game could, is a little bit better. I mean, I think our best hope is that to happen. And just like if if we assume either way, I don't know. Uh, right now I'm thinking Zach Smith's going to be the starter. And if you get like one or two big plays from him to Stokes, yeah. something like that. Because, I mean, let's be honest, our offense is not going to be able to do much against his defense. Mm-hmm. But if you get like a big pass here or there, that could be the difference. Yeah, yep. we just got to get it out of the uh, the kill zone. And I would say the kill zone is like – eight yards off the line of scrimmage yeah, right. is where it's just going to be so hard to get anything, yeah. any kind of offensive production in that area. Yeah. So you say that maybe this, I mean, that seems like perfect for Zach Smith, right? Zach Smith isn't really super accurate in that, in that area. And so if we're going to have to go beyond that anyways, true, he seems like the best bet for that. Yeah. I mean, and you got to think the defense is going to come into this game just amped like they are going to be they've been all summer basically the same group from last year they did really well except even better probably um about to tee off on a on an offense that was bad in most areas last year i and against a big like big time opponent on like 6 30 on a friday night that's going to be a ton of fun uh i am pumped to see what the defense does i mean we held our own for the first quarter last time we played a big 10 team <laughs> the first quarter ohio yeah ohio state and the storm came man yeah, that it storm was the was rain. BS. I tell ya. No rain that game. We still <laughs> lose by a lot, probably. <laughs> okay, so moving on to the Michigan State defense, which is a totally different story. It is the name of their team. Uh, Pat, you mentioned they had the number one run defense in the country compared to our 119th run defense in the country last year. Huge difference there. Uh, the big story, at least recently, on the TU side is that Corey Taylor came out and said that against the number one run defense in the country that we will have 200 yards rushing on them. Uh, you guys both saw that comment. What were your takes on on that, and uh, what do you think about it? I mean, maybe know something we don't. He was very high on the offensive line, it seemed like, Corey Taylor, which I don't think anybody else is outside of yeah, like, the team. So that's kind of interesting. <laughs> right. um, I don't know if he's trying to give confidence to his guys or whatnot, but I, that, that would be – I would be shocked. <laughs> if we had 200 yeah. plus yards i'd say shocked my initial thought is like just bless his heart like <laughs> that, that seems not necessarily like what's gonna what i would imagine from this game if they do that 
I will start asking like Corey Taylor's other things that'll happen in the future. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean that he has to. I don't know. Do you have like a that's so Raven vision or something? Or like I, nice, like, nice reference. I don't know. It's he maybe he knows something we don't. Yeah, I mean, part of me is just hoping that this is a uh, you know try to put some bullet board, bulletin board material on them to like get all Michigan State defense to expect the run, and then we just throw it all uh, over them. Like put it on the bulletin <laughs> board, get them super hyped. Like no, man, man. I want to give them stuff to be pissed off. At no, us. get them trying to stop the run. We come out play number one, throw an eighty-yard touchdown pass. That's what I'm hoping this is all for. Because uh, I do not, I do not see the two hundred yards rushing, dude. Uh, I would be blown away. Like. Uh, there's no, I don't. There's a chance, I guess, but very small one. Yeah, say best time to play Michigan State defense is probably game number one, right? On yeah. one, well, I don't know. On the one hand, they're like, they want to like, healthy. they want to prove what they are. You know, <laughs> like yeah. what? They're a hundred percent healthy. Yeah. yeah, but on the other <laughs> hand, they're like, you know, maybe you get that, you get the first time on the big stage. This is like a lot of expectation, a lot of pressure on them, and then this upstart TU team comes in, smokes them by like 30 points, and then we move on to the next victim. Yeah. You know, kind of like a Maryland versus Texas last year. Didn't Maryland did win that game? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Making sure. Maybe. Who yeah. knows? You never know. You never know. Game one can go so many different directions. Did you, either you guys watch the two games yesterday, the season or parts week zero things? Yeah, I watched parts of the uh, like the end of the Miami-Florida when Dude. Florida had, made, had, like, what, seven pass interference penalties? Yeah. Oh Dude, that God. last play on the Arizona-Hawaii game it was, was incredible. Yeah, unbelievable. Both nose tackle comes in, like, or not nose. 40 yards back. It was nose tackle. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Comes in, tackles the quarterback on, like, a yard from the goal line for the tying touchdown. That's crazy. he... It was it was the coolest thing. I don't want to go too far into those games or whatever, but oh my god, like him running from thirty yards back, chasing down the one of the fastest quarterbacks in the country, catches him on the one is unbelievable. Um, but it, the, my point there was that just that uh, early, like the first games of the season are so often so ugly, and you never know what's going to go on. Like Florida threw two picks, and they've got the you know big Felipe Franks at quarterback, and he looked awful. Uh, Hawaii came in with like what was supposed to be one of the best G5 quarterbacks and Cole McDonald. He got benched with four interceptions. Uh, so you never know what's going on. I yeah, mean, didn't Temple lose to Villanova last yeah, year? Yeah, FCS Villanova. We, we got played it pretty close with Central Arkansas. Like, yeah. it's it's we, not, it does not represent crazy. the rest of the season very yeah. well. Uh, so hey, maybe maybe Michigan State will just they'll just come out and blow it, or we will earn the win. You never know. Um, but yeah, going on on their defense, uh, Michigan State 60th in pass defense last year, which maybe will help out. You know, our our maybe new starting quarterback, maybe Seth Boomer getting some more experience. Um, but other than that, I mean, they're good at pretty much every spot on defense. I don't know how much more there is to add on the defense, but uh, they're good. We're gonna have to play nice, good offense, limit the turnovers if possible. And that's if we if we start turning it over on them, I think it's game over. Uh, but we'll see. I mean. Like we said, you never know what's going to happen in these week one games. Yeah, I'm just looking at all these like accolades that their players have, especially on the defensive line, and it's it's scary. Like Kenny Willicks, uh, first team All Big Ten, Big Ten Defensive Lineman of the Year, All American, first team, <laughs> second team, uh, tw- 20, 20.5 tackles for loss last year, eight and a half sacks. What is and he's a D D end or what? D-lineman. He kind of plays all over. Okay. Yeah. He's listed as a defensive end. And what was his name? Kenny Willicks. Willicks. And you got Raekwon Williams. Mm-hmm. These guys are all like three years, three at least three years. Uh, you got two brothers. Two of them, Mike and Jacob. Jacob? 
Jacob spelled with a U though, not with an O. Ah. Uh, Penis, Penis, I don't know, it's Polish. But apparently they speak Polish with each other to like do trick plays and stuff on Oh my God, that is cheating. It's like, I don't think we have any <laughs> Polish speakers there to, uh, so maybe we just need, uh, maybe Montgomery just needs to hire an assistant for this week who just like calls out plays. I kind of know happy birthday in Polish. And off the top of my head, man. <laughs> No, I don't cut that's, that. just, that's just the tune for happy birthday everybody knows no, it's the, the same it's, tune isn't it hey hey no you have to ask jj yeah jay, my girlfriend knows she's like half polish so yeah. she knows happy birthday in polish <laughs> uh so, so that yeah you have intimidating factor is what i'm saying absolutely absolutely um so yeah i mean like on paper it looks like we match up fine i mean i i am uh i don't want to you know like I said, get too on board with Tulsa pulling the upset here. Um, but going into kind of what we predict will happen, like I think Michigan State, I think their quarterback play will clearly be a little bit better from last year since hopefully he's not dealing with an injury anymore. Uh, if we're being nice people, then hopefully he's okay. Um, he's also a senior this year. It's his last year. He probably wants some redemption from last year. So I'm expecting him to be pretty much uh, you know, a, a better quarterback. Their offense in general I think can't get much worse, so I assume they will be a little bit better. Um, but other than that, like they're like us, they have a mediocre offense, a good defense, uh, probably a little bit worse offense and a way better defense, not way better, but better defense. Um, but I think they will be, I think this just going to be too much for us to handle in the end. My prediction right now, I think, um, is a little bit high scoring, especially after talking to talking about this. I originally had put 31, 21, uh, Michigan state. Um, but maybe it'll, I think you're probably right in that. It'll be a, maybe a lower scoring game. Yeah, so this is just, like, sitting here, I feel like we're very optimistic. Um, yes. And, I mean, obviously, I would say we're probably probably biased towards TU on this podcast, believe it or not. Yeah, week one is the week um, to be optimistic. Yeah, and so, like, everyone, the line is 22 and a half, uh, that, you yeah. know, Michigan <laughs> is the favors, favorites. So, I mean... Is, are a lot of people seeing something that we're not? Like, yeah, maybe they just see TU as the small, you know, small school and D1 football, and we're just someone to be walked over. But, you know, I don't, I don't think that spread is accurate. I think that's just because people mm-hmm. are expecting Michigan State to be really good. Yeah, and they've got the brand equity there, too. Everybody always expects them to be good. You're pro- yeah. So if we win, that's incredible. Like, that would be – I am not expecting a win. Uh, I would be – more than pleasantly surprised i would be like ecstatically (laughs) can you be surprised ecstatically i mean if we win this game when they're ranked right now they're coming in right ranked 18th or something 18th yeah yeah so when our first ranked win since we should have won last year against uh south florida so this was that's what i was just going to ask when would we when's the last time we've beaten a top 18th or better team i don't even know off the top of my head yeah it's been a while yeah i'd have to look it up what it was it not the uh liberty bowl year I don't think they're ranked. No. Okay. Then it was. It would have had to be before that. So yeah. that's going on six years. Yeah, it's been a long time. Least. I mean, it'd be awesome. I remember. I we had a. I don't remember who I was talking to, but had a very similar conversation before the Ohio State game, and that did not go well. So I'm hoping for a not repeat of the whatever 48 to six loss. Or yeah. I mean, if we're gonna lose, please don't lose on the last play of the game. Yeah. So my prediction. <laughs> Uh, no, no, you weren't there at the South Florida game. That was miserable. We were winning the whole time. And then we were just sitting there and I was just like, there's a sense of inevitability that like, we're going to lose on a field goal at the last play. And that's what happened. So I just don't want that. I think it's going to be close. Um, I'm going to say 21 to 17. 
Michigan Ooh. State. Low scoring, beat the spread. Cool. I'll go 28-10, Michigan State. Yeah. I think we beat the spread, but I think they win pretty handily. Yeah. Probably a safe call. Um, I refuse. I'm going to be so optimistic this year. Uh, okay, so let's move on to uh, we're gonna we're gonna do some just kind of season questions and people we think will stand out and some stats that might be more important than others this year. Uh, so to kick it off, we can all take a couple of these, I guess. Um, first one I've got is uh, if you were to pick the best player on offense, defense, and special teams for us in what would be our best case scenario season and also our worst case scenario season, who would those be for offense, defense, and special teams? Uh, Pat, you can kick it off. Okay, I'll start with worst case. Worst case special teams, Thomas Bennett, because one, we're punting a lot, and two, our kicker's horrible. That would be the worst case. Yeah. Um, so. So that's probably consensus. Yeah, Thomas uh, Bennett, best player on special teams. That would just be, love Thomas Bennett, big fan, you yeah. know. <laughs> um, really love the father-son uh, connection there, but that would be definitely another bad season if he was awesome. I agree. I, I hope he is awesome in what he's called to do but hopefully he's not called to do anything yeah and i think on offense probably Corey taylor because i do think shamari brooks is more talented but also it's just if our running backs are like i don't know if we have to lean so much on the run again and have no good quarterback play that'd be another worst case mm-hmm. and on defense cooper edmondson because i think he's the most consistent player but he's not the most talented so even in a bad season cooper Edmondson's going to be good but if he's our best player on defense, yeah. that means that Collins and Gibson and like Green, Evans, all these guys yeah. didn't live up to the hype. Matt, what's your worst case? Uh, worst case scenario, I would say uh, same for special teams. I think if we're uh, if his sheer amount of volume of puntage is the same, that means uh, we're not doing well. Yeah. I think Thomas Bennett should punt no more than twice a game. Once per half, just to show off the leg and you know spark fear. Into <laughs> get that the NFL stock going up, you know. Right. You and we need that hang time. Yeah. How else? How else are you supposed to get the bingo square if he's not actually punting? True. So tw- once per half is fine. Um, I'm gonna just say best on special teams in a good season. No, no, no. worst case. No, right. are we only doing worst case? Okay. We're gonna circle back. No, we're s- spicing it up a little bit. <laughs> um, defense. That's tough. I like I like the Cooper Edmiston uh, pick. But I don't want to pick the same one. So worst case, I will say Bryson Powers. Okay, yeah, I see that. Cause, just, I mean, be, just because that would mean even Cooper Edmiston was not better than him. And I say Cooper <laughs> Edmiston is but Mr. Primetime is better than Bryson Powers. So Okay. Uh, I mean, it's not any not, no knock against Powers, but yeah, if right. he's our best player, that means there's a lot of things that did not go as well as they should have. Yep. Um, and I will say if our... Uh, tight end position whoever ends up winning that is our best offensive position um well you know i don't know that could be best case that could be best case scenario denzel carter if he if denzel carters are by far and away our best player um that's probably not good because we're a run first team (laughs) yeah yeah but i am all aboard the denzel carter train now so nice six five dude hard to not be dude he's awesome there's only one other player on our offense who's as big as him, and that's on the line. So <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he he's like he dwarfs our wide receivers. Yeah. It's kind of scary, but uh, my worst case is similar. Um, special teams, like the two of you, I also had Thomas Bennett uh, for defense. In the worst case scenario, I think our best player would be like kind of like you said with Bryson, but I had Manny Bunch and at, at safety there. And the reason I had that was because that 
like having the safety as your best player gives me flashbacks of 2013 season when Michael Mudo at safety was our best player. Like he had the most tackles on the team and he's a baller. Like, don't get me wrong. He was a stud. But when you, uh, when your safety is leading your team in tackles, that means you well, not like McKinley Woodfield these last two years. Exactly. Right. Um, so, I mean, just you, that's just not out, what you want. They're getting too far back every time. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Um, you're not making stops early. Uh, so, Manny Bunch, yeah, if he leads the team in tackles, that's not good. Um, that When that happened with Mudo and then with uh, uh, McKinley Whitfield the last two seasons, you know, the records were not good there. Uh, 2013, we were 3-9, and nine, and then you know the last two seasons. So hopefully that's not the case. And then offense, best-case scenario, I also said a running back. I said Shamari Brooks, basically the same reason uh, that you said Corey Taylor. Uh, so on to best-case scenario, and Matt, you can kick this one off this time. Who's your best case scenario, best player for special teams defense, uh, and offense? Special teams. Um, so I don't want to say Jacob Rainey just because that's the safe pick. And I think Jacob Rainey is our best player on special teams if we're a good, if we're like an average team um, because he's doing his job. I want to say if we're having a great season, it's whoever the return man is. If we're returning balls, like if it's whether it's Stokes or is Crawford the other one who did it? Who, Stokes uh, is the only one listed on the depth chart for some okay. reason. Okay, so if Stokes is, like, if he is our best team on special teams, best player, not team, best player on special teams next year, that means, like, that's really good because, like, if we're getting good field position to set up the offense well or if he's actually, like, returning them for scores, that would be huge. So that'd be best get. And, and I will say, caveat, really bad if it's, kickoff returns really good if it's punt returns so i'm going to say if keelan stokes punt return special is not kickoff returns so they're not scoring ah true so yeah, I'm, gonna, point. I'm gonna caveat that um defense zavin collins um that's if best case scenario for us our best player i think collins fits in as just the most dangerous player we have and if he proves that that means I mean, you could look at it on both sides. You could look at it as, like, he's just so good that he's going to be our best player by default. But if he is our best player, like, I'd say that's good for the team. Uh, and then offense, hmm, best case scenario, I will say it's, it's tough. I want to say Zach Smith because I think he'll be the starter. But then I could be eating that next week when it's Seth Boomer as <laughs> yeah, the starter. Right. So I'll say quarterback position, but mm. dash Zach Smith. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I'll go next, and then you can finish it off. Um, so my special teams, in the best-case scenario, I did take the safe pick. I said Jacob Brainy just because we haven't had consistency at kicker in a long time, and that's just the one I think we need the most. Uh, I will miss John Parker Romo's nice uh, deer prance. That'll be a sad view to not see every week anymore. Um, but it looks like he is not on the team anymore. I don't know why. But uh, So I'll say Jacob Brainy and special teams for defense. I think if Travis Gibson is our best player on defense, that is an awesome sign. We were 124th in the country last year in sacks out of, you know, the 130 teams in FBS football. Uh, so if he leads the team and gets the 10-plus sacks that, you know, is a real possibility for him, leads the conference maybe in, in sacks, um, that, that would be huge for the defense. So I'll go with Travis Gibson in our best-case scenario defense. And for offense, same thing as you, Matt. I had whoever starts at QB Friday night just because same, same kind of thing. Like, we need a passing game. Uh, and we need it to be effective. Yeah, I agree on special teams with Matt because I think Keelan Stokes legit has like game breaking ability mm-hmm. and like has potential to be just like a like 
I wish I could remember his name, but the year before I went to TU, there was a kick returner who was like the best, led like the most uh, all-purpose yards in like NCAA history. So not Trey I think, Watts. No, not Trey yeah. Watts. Trey Watts was awesome at punt returns. We all know what he did at UCF. Yeah, but so yeah, Keelan Stokes has that kind of ability where we can get multiple scores on the year from special teams because of him. Offense, yeah, I agree, Zach Smith. If we're having a great year, all of my, if you go look at Montgomery's teams, this quarterback's the best player yep. on the great teams. And then defense, I agree with Gibson because I think that's the one area we really need improvement is pass rush, um, and Gibson's the key to that. And it's because he's older, and I think is more. I think at his best right now, he could still be better than Collins. Yeah. So I think Gibson is just yeah. I think he's a game changer in that sense, and and, and turnovers too. He can have multiple forced fumbles and just game changing right. sacks. Yep, he would be huge. I'm really excited to see him this year. Uh, so moving on, what um, we'll move on to the next question that we're going to talk about here. What is one stat specifically that you think will be key to us doing well this season? You go first. Okay. okay. Uh, so the one I picked, I picked, uh, you know, we just finished talking about how in my best case scenario, the quarterback is the best, would have the best position or best season. Uh, so mine is total QBR. Um, Boomer last year was 122nd in the country with a 29.4 QBR. Uh, QBR is based on a bunch of different stuff, seven different stats combined. Uh, higher is better. So 29.4 is very bad. Uh, for some reference there, Mackenzie Milton from UCF had an 80.8 QBR before he got hurt. And Kyler Murray, you know, who won the Heisman, uh, his was 95.4, which was just like one point above uh, to a Tagovailoa from Alabama. So if we get way above that 29.4 QBR this year, uh, we'll be in a much better spot, I think. So I've got total QBR as mine. Mine's uh, yards per passing attempt because I think, one, I think Zach Smith should be our starter. I think PFF had him ranked as like the 57th yeah. best quarterback, That's, which yeah. was way higher than I expected. But he's known for the deep ball. So I think if he's having if we're having success this year with him, he'll be hitting the deep ball a lot. So I think yards per attempt, per passing attempt is the... And PFF want, is pro football focused. Yeah, was, that, oh, you were going to say the same say, thing? I was going to say, if people don't know what PFF is, we keep dropping it. But yeah, nice. we're very excited. We just actually bought a subscription for it, so we're legit now. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, um, no, nice uh, thinking there. Yeah. Um, so my key stat for this season, um, I think it is third down yardage. I think something that's killed us in the past is that we've had, like, the amount of yards we've needed to convert from third down has been pretty high. And so I will say that is like very key to how our season's going because a lot of times what happens is we would run on first down, get like a yard or two, pass on second down, not get anything. And then you're looking at third and nine, third and eight, third and 10 potentially. Mm -hmm. So I would say if we can drop that down to where we're making third down manageable, that's going to be a big key to our, how well our offense is moving this year. Because if we get, like third and five is a lot more reasonable and you have it it gives you a lot more options mm-hmm. for what we can do offensively whereas if you're looking at seven plus yards the defense can kind of not stack the box as much and put more guys out to prevent the passing passes so i'd say that's that's the key for especially for our offensive game all right so moving on let's talk a little bit about position groups um and we talked about this a little bit with dakota as well um but that's fine. We can kind of rehash a little bit here. What do you think are, are – we'll stick with just the best. We won't talk about worst because we did that again uh, with Dakota. So with best position groups, who do you think our best position group is on both offense and defense? I think – I feel like Pat's going to disagree with Dakota. 
Yeah, I say, I don't know. I think our secondary might be our best position group. I just don't know. I like our linebacker talent, but how great can they be if we were so bad against the run? I see the talent there, but I also, I mean, I really like all three cornerbacks. Yeah, I know. And I like our, I mean, I don't know. I think we might be best in the secondary. Yeah, and just in case you didn't catch the interview with Dakota, um, he was a little bit worried about our um, our corners and secondary in general. He put that as our worst position group on defense. Which, you know, he, he's been there watching, so he knows. And I think the, his main point was depth, um, which can definitely have an impact on the team. Yeah, I, th- I mean, we're super deep at linebacker. Mm-hmm. You look behind our starters, and we could have three guys who would be still solid starters. Yeah. You look at Grant Sawyer. He's gained, I feel, like 30 pounds just from looking at him. He put number 19 last year. He was playing some linebacker, and he looked like a stick. <laughs> um, but he looked like – and he was still really good. So, But now he looks – I don't know. Him, Revels. Yeah. And uh, Reeves or whatever his name is, all yeah, Reeves, Reeves, yeah, all really good players behind as backups too. Matt, for defense, uh, yeah, uh, I'll I'll specifically say cornerbacks over safeties, just because I think our three corners that we have that are all competing for starting, being Reggie Robinson, Ali Green, and Caleb Evans, are uh, I like them more than I like Manny Bunch and Bryson Powers and. Christian Williams and whoever Brandon Johnson, else, yeah. yeah, whoever else is coming off on the yeah. safety. Um, Daniel Martin. So I would say if you just look at our starting eleven, I would go corners. Um, the depth thing does make it harder, but I, I agree. I like, I like those guys the best. I think they'll get the. And we've already seen what they can do when they're healthy mm-hmm. last year, and so as long as they all stay healthy, I think that'll be a, a strength for us. For me on defense, I had the linebackers, um, so I guess I sort of agreed with uh, Dakota there. Not not in that I don't I don't think our corners are the worst part of it, but I think the linebackers are the best. Um, hard to argue with Zayvon Collins being you know coming off the USA Today freshman All America team, um, that is incredible. Uh, so congrats again to him for that. And then behind him, you've got you just got a, a stable of talent that is really really solid and played really well last year, and they all, all they've all come back except for no all of them. Yeah, they all came back. Um, so I'm really excited about the linebackers on defense. Uh, moving to offense, I'll kick this one off, and we'll circle back around the opposite direction we started. Um, snake draft. <laughs> yeah, snake draft, basically. I have the running backs as our best position group on offense. Um, they were solid last year. The problem is with picking running backs as the best position group is that they rely a lot on the offensive line also being good, and I would put that as our probably our worst position group on offense. Uh, so I don't know if that will be reflected in stats, but in, in pure talent-wise – I think the running backs have got it. Matt? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same for me just because have not knowing our quarterback strength, I could see quarterback maybe well, e- even in our best even our best situation if I mean, I did say Smith would be our best player if it was a great if we were having a great season, like that'd be a good thing. Mm-hmm. But it's just there's too many unknowns, like who's going to actually start, yeah. how well we're going to be at protecting the quarterback. Because if you look at our offensive line, just overall stats last year, like we were talking Michigan State's weren't great. We weren't that much better than they were. And so I would say, like, Boomer showed that he can run around with the ball a little bit. Um, but if I had to say who's going to do best under pressure – I would say the running backs are probably better at creating their own plays than our quarterbacks can. That could be, I mean, that could be all change. That could be Boomer comes in this year, he's got those eight games, or Smith comes in and they're able to create more plays out of broken, like, coverages. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not coverages, but, like, 
if the defense gets through, maybe they're able to create more something more with their feet. But right now, I'd say running backs be our strongest. O line weakest. Tight end wild card, potentially X factor. <laughs> I agree, running backs. But I think wide receivers could be a sleeper too. I think that people are sleeping on them because the quarterback play has been so hard. Yeah, bad. for sure. But I think the top two receivers are super talented, especially Stokes and Keenan Johnson. I think super solid and kind of complements Stokes really well. Right. Uh, I would and I would I would say like Keenan Stokes. Like we did this exercise towards the end of last year. Keenan Stokes is probably one of our top five players on our team. Yeah, in terms of talent, yeah. yeah. I think he might have I think he could be more talented than both running backs. Yeah. I, I hard to agree. It's just it's just the how often can we get him the ball? Yeah, I mean he's it's electric. Been, it's been the issue. So yeah, yeah, if we can like effectively get him the ball, he could be something else this year. Uh so kind of along the same vein, who do you think is gonna be like the breakout guy that we, you know, haven't been talking about as much this year that you think is going to be a stud? Jackson. On offense or defense. Jackson player. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, uh, you talk about him all the time, but that's only you. So yeah, that counts. No, I do think I think he's gonna give us a better run defense and an interior pass rush that we got zero of last year. Mm-hmm. I think he's just dynamic and he's not just like a body to eat up blocks. He can do stuff on the inside. I think he's gonna be a game changer at the D tackle position. Nice. Matt? Second looking at the depth chart. Okay. So for my breakout player, I've I've got Sam Crawford Jr., who's behind uh I think it's behind who's no he's the he's on he's starting on the depth chart right yeah, now the third receiver um, above yeah josh stewart yeah above josh stewart um who's the older guy uh sam crawford's a sophomore receiver this year um he's never he's he's played on special teams in previous season or last season uh, but he hasn't actually gotten in there in a real game on uh on offense and so i saw him play in the spring game this year and last year and he looked really good in both and so i've been excited about him for a while so I am super excited that he won that spot, uh, not to take away from Josh Stewart, but he looked, Sam Crawford just looked really good. Um, so I, I think he'll break out this year. I think he'll be the definitive third receiver on our team behind Keelan Stokes and Keenan Johnson. So I guess it's like, depending on how you view breakout player, because it's hard to pick somebody that people aren't talking about, but I'll say, I'm going to say Keelan Stokes in the sense that he's been oh our God. best wide receiver, but I think this is the year where he like, has the season yeah like like becomes the keevan lucas yeah i think this is he's gonna get like how many has he had a thousand yards in a season yet no i don't know i say he does that this season i cool. say, i think that's his breakout is he gets that threshold and he just cements himself as the best wide receiver option nice on the field i can definitely see it like the pieces are there just got to put them together and i think he's got a really good shot at being just as good or better than keevan lucas uh, which is a big name to live up to but i think he can do it all right, so let's go game by game. Uh, we'll all give what we think, and then we'll have our you know, our predicted records by the end of it. So start off this Friday, as everybody knows, hopefully, uh, 6.30 against Michigan State. And that's as we talked about a bunch, I think we've all already said we can probably skip this one. We all, we all think it's going to be a loss, uh, some closer than others. Um, but my, I had my final score there, and I guess I'll stick to it at this point, but I have it as 31-21. I think, it's gonna, I think that's a little high, but that's what I had it as. Yep. Yeah, loss. Loss, so... Moving on. I wanted to start. Okay, so then we've got San Jose State on September 7th. Uh, the two Spartans in a row. By the way, putting this in here, we should call uh, call this episode Bring on the Spartans or something about two Spartans in a row because, yeah, as, as Matt has mentioned in the past, uh, we've got two Spartans in a row to start the year and then two Cowboys in a row right after that that we're playing. Two Spartans, two series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just have two as every episode title. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think we will win that game. I actually think San Jose State is pretty good this year, so that's a sleeper loss. Um, but I think we'll win it. Um, 
and I don't know enough about them to go into any more depth game after we upset Michigan State. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think we win it too. Yeah. Say yeah. All three. Yep. Yeah, I think that's one of our easier wins for the year. So we're everybody's at one and one right now. Moving on to the home opener. So those are both away games, and we finally get to come back to Chapman Stadium. Uh, September 14th, we're playing Oklahoma State. Um, do you remember the name of that rivalry game? It's the B- Turnpike Classic. Uh, that's what it's called. So that'll be a huge one. I will one. think of a better rivalry name and get back to you. Well, it's already like a real name. Though. I mean, so it was like the stupid ones you guys had. But <laughs> but this has been going on for a couple of years. Uh, and it's it's definitely set. It's like sponsored and everything. Are you, are you, talk, yeah, are you so saying was the Boomtown Showdown? The Boomtown Showdown rivalry. and whatever, like the Shocker. I don't know. That was not, Havoc in the Heartland, blah, that blah, one is blah. A real one. Boomtown Showdown wasn't sponsored by anybody. Anyway, we don't have to go get into that uh oklahoma state i'm i'm gonna i did not when i first thought about my record predictions i had us at five and seven and this was a loss but i'm gonna say we win this game i think we do it uh so i'm gonna be at two and one at this point i think we beat the cowboys i think we do too i think the i just at home not that well it's gonna be home game it's gonna be (laughs) there's gonna be way more osu fans there yeah but i think we're better than a lot of people think and I think OSU is in a down year after with the whole two quarterback system. I think it's gonna be, I don't know, a down year for OSU, and we take advantage of that. Matt, be the realist, man. Bring I'm us down. I'm gonna say we lose this one. Okay. <laughs> and this is this is the year Matt was gonna be the optimistic one. <laughs> yeah. I say that, but then I didn't realize how optimistic you guys are gonna be for some of these. This is just how it goes. I was not optimistic all the way until like last week, and then all of a sudden I'm like, we're gonna freaking run the table, man. Uh, no, not really. But all right, Cowboy number two. Cowboy number two, Wyoming. See, I don't know enough about them. It's it's tough. I have them as a win. They're out of the Mountain they like West. They to run. They do. That's true. And they uh like they play. I don't know. I don't know what to think about them. They're a tough one. They, uh, that could easily be a loss, but really I do bad, think we win. Yeah. They have like like not even. This is like literally. They have really shitty uniforms because they're like brown and yellow. <laughs> ah, nice. So, <laughs> what, I'm concerned about you now, but um. <laughs> Yeah, I think we win, but it it could be. An, it depends on how the season starts. It's not like a sure win. I think like San Jose San Jose State is. I think we're probably like fifty seven percent chance to win that. Even at home though, like I yeah. can see it being at Wyoming at altitude. Yep, I uh, still think at Wyoming home. altitude more than Tulsa is. Um, I see. I see it as a win. I see us as two and two going into conference play. I've got a win as well. So that puts me at three and one. So moving on, we've got SMU, who's got second-year head coach in Sonny Dykes and first-year quarterback in Shane Bouchel, who was a big-time quarterback for, like, a little bit at Texas and then lost the job to Sam Ellinger. Um, but they, I think, will be really good. I've got them as a win, though, because... SMU's always garbage. They're going to... That's true, dude. Um, but they're going to be totally relying on the pass, and that's to use strength. So I think we match up really well with the only thing they were good at last year, and they weren't even that good at it. Um, they have a much better quarterback this and year. we beat them last year they yeah. do have a much we, better quarterback we, we own smu like we were like you guys want to go bowling no thank you no, we don't sir. want you to yeah so I i've think, got it as i think we blow them out i nice. think we win too 45 point win. because of the past but they do have a major advantage from last year and the fact that they don't have ben hicks <laughs> yeah dude that so, guy so happy he's gone right there. is yeah. he starting now to arkansas have they named the starting I quarterback so. I'm not I, sure. I, I was hoping he was going to lose out on the job um but that yeah is, so that's bad news it's a very anti-ben hicks podcast it's true. uh but yeah i think he's we win that one too. so so four and one for two yeah yeah me and you are both four and I one at this three point and two so and i'm about to be five and one because we winning, play navy next <laughs> so i'm at five and one after the navy game which is See, crazy that's like, like i feel like we should beat navy like yeah. handily but then like the, navy the triple option is built so to beat good. us 
Yeah, yeah. like where the triple option is like our kryptonite. Yeah. Like you have to maybe is at the point where you should really take them out when you're looking at teams you play against. Yeah. Because they are the definition of like mm. the outlier. outlier. Yeah. Like they couldn't even they weren't even that good at the triple option last year. And I'm sure they'll be better. Like Malcolm no, but Perry. The fact is that they back. ran the ball. I know, is I, like, know I get it. Um, like if it was all beats us if it was Ar- like army and navy both run triple option army smoked them in the triple yeah, option game last year because army is like phenomenal yeah right and now. army also scored 70 points on houston so like army was just better but navy also yeah. beat us as a bad team i think we win but it's the easiest trap game of the season yeah. like a, a way less talented team mm-hmm. but just the style of play yeah I'll, i'm gonna put it as a win too but i totally agree with everything you guys are saying yep win all right, five and one, five and one, four and two. College football playoff, baby. Yeah, this is when the rumors start. If you have a loss, a TU team with any loss, that's not a playoff team. That's true. Okay, so next we're looking at October nineteenth. Now we've got Cincinnati, who is going to be in the running probably this year to win the East. Chalking that one for a loss. That's a that's an away game too, I think. Right at Cincinnati. I mean, that's a loss. They yeah, there's they always choke at like everything. But yeah, we're not gonna win that. Yeah, no, that's Cincinnati could easily win the conference. They're gonna beat us at home. Yep, uh, they they've just got a ton of talent. Everybody's coming back. They're like quarter, their quarterback was a freshman last year, Desmond Ritter, and he was killing it. So I'm I'm really worried about Cincinnati. They, I think they're the big contender to take out UCF. This I think year. Cincinnati's the reason why the Americans not gonna have a New Year's Six rep is because UCF and Cincinnati are gonna prevent the other from like going undefeated. Hmm. Maybe. I think also Cincinnati's Ohio got a State hell of a schedule. Stop Cincinnati from going undefeated, but on the uh, on the underdog new coach, I don't think so. On the underdog dynasty podcast a couple weeks ago, they were talking Cincinnati and they brought a guy on, like the the guy who does the down the drive uh, podcast and Twitter and blog and everything, um, and he had them seven and five because they have a hell of a schedule this year. Like it's gonna be tough. There, he said he said if, they'd if be you, if you are like a podcaster or a writer for a team and you don't have reckless optimism at the beginning <laughs> of the season, like what are you doing? True. Um, but he said they'd actually be more talented. So they they were eleven and two last year. He said their team was more talented this year, but the record will not. I show mean, it's it. similar to like what we were talking about. Like this is a team where if we have a reasonable schedule, um, although we say that you guys already have us going five and one. Yeah. But if we had like five and two, we said loss. Yeah, okay, five yeah. and two, five and two, four, uh, four and three for me. But this is a team that if we had last season's schedule, I think we win like seven games last year. Yeah, if we had UConn no, and an FCS opponents, that'd be a lot better. Yeah, I mean, this is where the Cincinnati game is where the season turns to much more difficult. It is the gauntlet, right? as we would say fondly, because that's what we call as it. As we did say stretch. last year. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the last six games, it goes Cincinnati, Memphis, Tulane, UCF, Houston, and then ECU. Right. So the first five of those are all tough. ECU, you know, probably not, but you never know. But the next one, October 26th, is versus Memphis. We've got them at home. That's the homecoming game, which maybe helps, but maybe not. Uh, I still got it as a loss. They're too good. I think it's the homecoming miracle like every week like the one time we beat houston when we had like the two and ten team yeah. <laughs> and just blew them out yeah i think that happens this year and we beat memphis even though no stats back that up because they're such a good running team mm-hmm. and they could easily win the american but i think we, we take it we're six and two right now folks yeah memphis uh, somebody was saying memphis right, has I'm the not biggest the optimist shot. anymore i will say that because pat has already reached my win total for the season we're going bowling. Yeah. Somebody T- said Memphis, Memphis has the best chance, actually, out of the conference this year um, to be the New Year's Six rep. Interesting. So I'm going to uh, – I think we're going to lose, but I wouldn't be surprised if we pulled something out of thin air for homecoming because yeah. we've done that in the past. It's true. But I will say, like, if you want me to put an answer on it, loss 4-4. Four, four. 
All right, I'm at five and three. You're at five and six, six, and, six two. and two. Let's go, baby. Uh, all right, so moving on to Tulane. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. This is a tough one. Like Tulane, everybody, they were the hype train last year too, and they are again this year, and they've got Justin McMillan at quarterback. Who is ranked lower on Pro Football yeah. Focus's thing than, than Zach Smith, which is just, I was like, what? He was low. He was like 119, yeah. which makes no sense to me. Because he was good. Like, yeah. I mean, he wasn't incredible. But so, he was... I actually think we lose this game. My optimism has gone away. Yeah. I uh, I don't know, man. Like, I think we're going to win it. No, they're a big running team. I'll, I'm going to give Tulane the win there. So, we lose. Um, so, I don't, I'm, I'm going to parlay this game with the Houston one. Um, <laughs> and that we win one of those two, but lose the other one. Okay. Uh, and I would say we're probably more likely to win against Houston at home. Yeah. Then we are at Tulane. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll say this, I'll give this one like 0.25 points of victory. Yeah. So I'm like four and a quarter and four and three quarters is our record so far. Okay. I'm at five and three. I'm at six. I'm going to get, wait, how are you at five and three if I'm at? You should, there's. Five and should. one, Cincinnati, five and two, Memphis, five and three, Tulane, right? Oh, no. I was five and two at Cincinnati, yeah. Five and four at this point. Six and three. Yeah. Okay. UCF. UCF have got lost. Yeah, I say lost. In Tulsa, their running back is projected as a sleeper NFL, yeah. dra- like top draft pick now. Oh, I don't They've know. They've got top, two other really good running backs behind and him. And their QB is going to be, I mean, their QB is definitely worse than Milton, but yeah. still, they're going to be. And they're going on a revenge tour for losing last, for losing the game for like the first time. <laughs> yeah, two years. Time. Right. So I'd say that's probably a loss. Yep. So I'm five and five. Four point two five and five point seven five. Six and four, <laughs> yeah. Six and four for Pat. Uh, Houston. Revenge. We beat yeah. Houston. Houston. I mean, it could be like their offense is going to be incredible. We beat they're them at be home incredible. last time we played them. I know. At home, um, I mean. and they've got Dana Holgerson as quarterback, and they're going to be lighting it up on I the scoreboard. Say, I'm not as big on Dana Holgerson as some people are. I'm definitely. He's definitely way better than Major Applewhite. Mm-hmm. But I don't think like he wasn't like. I mean, the most amazing coach at West yeah. Virginia. I, so I, I just, don't think it's that huge of a difference. I just feel like if Derek Seth Boomer doesn't good. start his first game against Houston last year, we beat Houston. If that's Seth Boomer's yeah. second yeah. or third game, we would have won. Could be. And so, what, I mean, is their offense better than that? Like, we played. Well, Derek it, King didn't wasn't Derek, the starter when we played him last year. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Oh, was that two years ago when yeah, he was? Yeah, two years okay, ago yeah. he wasn't. No, he was yeah. playing last, last year. year. We was, had some yeah, miracle interceptions. It wasn't until his, like, 70 yard run in the fourth quarter that really like oh, sealed yeah. the right. deal yeah but i say that's why i'm like more likely leaning more likely that we beat houston over tulane uh and so that puts us at five we just really six. have their number no matter how yeah. bad we are it's we true just, dude we just play well against houston so i think we except when too. we like need to win for the conference <laughs> well they were also like yeah. a, like that was one of their best years when they yeah. said greg war well, that was so. the year they beat ou and mm-hmm. louisville like the same year that was huge uh so, yeah, so I'm also five, at five and, six. five and six. So, me and you both five and six. Where are you? I'm, what, seven and four? Seven and four. You say this is a win against Houston? Yeah. Okay. All right. ECU, I think we all agree it's a loss at ECU. <laughs> no. No, I said it's a win. I know. It's yeah. a joke. ECU sucks. We're going no, I mean, four. I do like their... Trap game. Like, Trap game, though, because it's bowl for two of us. They actually have as a... They started a different quarterback the last, like, four games of the year last year, uh, Holden Aylers, and he looked he looked good. Uh, I don't think they'll beat us, but he, I think they'll be noti- noticeably better than last year. So I end at bowl eligibility with six and six. Let it be known that to- Token right now is 
one game more optimistic than the last time I asked him what our record was going to be when he said five and seven. Sure. I almost was going to put a seven and five over Tulane, but I changed my mind. more optimistic. Yeah, you're like, I mean, compared to last year, this is like, you're super negative on this season uh, because you thought we were going to go 13 and 0, uh, 14 and 0, I guess. Yeah. But now seven. So we all have us going bowling this year. Uh, it's interesting. Just hard, yeah. Yeah, right. coming off of like a three and nine season yeah. and a tougher schedule, but I mean that hype that's surrounding the team, I think, is just permeating to to us. Too. I'll tell you what, the defense is legit. That's the thing. Yeah, and the offense like is going to be better than last year. Yeah, the offense could be very much above average. I mean, I'm I'm was definitely swayed. Like, had we not just talked to Dakota Gregory, I don't think I would have us going bowling. He got me really excited about the team and everything he was saying. So that probably was the biggest contributor for me having us going bowling this year. All right, we will wrap it up right there. Uh, Really looking forward to Friday's season opener against Michigan State at 6.30. Looking forward to it a lot. Um, You can, if you have feedback for the show or anything you want us to talk about next week or in future episodes, we are thegoldenhurricast at gmail.com. Or you can shoot us a tweet or whatever you want. Uh, Tweet at us at goldenhurricast on Twitter. Is that all we usually do at the end? I forgot. Follow us on Instagram. We're way more. Active. Oh, we do have Instagram. Yeah, we put some cool, uh, like, short clips of the episodes on there. Uh, at least we started doing that last week. So we'll probably do that for every episode from now on. Uh, you also say like, "Thanks for listening," and we'll see you next week. Something like that. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. And then I say, "Stay golden." And then I say, "Hurricanes." So. And there we go. That's the money. Stolat, Stolat,